Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome back to Shows with Friends. A show where we talk about TV shows with our friends. And today, we have a brand new show. Steve picked his second show, and it is Gentleman Jack, which we just watched, streaming on HBO. Steve, take it away. Gentleman Jack, the pilot. Thank you, Eli. I am so excited to share this show with you. The fact that you had never seen it. Um, I found it to be just a remarkable show, incredible production. Um, one of these shows that I like to call like a five-tool show where it's just amazing writing, amazing directing, amazing action, sorry, amazing acting, amazing production design, costumes. It's just really a time machine. This is a period piece that was brought to you by both the BBC One and HBO together. You can find it on HBO Max. Indeed. Um, but really the best of both of those networks on display here with Gentleman Jack. Because what you're getting is this real story about a real person based on her real diaries. So it's about Anne Lister, who lived in Yorkshire in the early 1800s. So this is set in 1832. And all the text is based on her original writings and diaries so there's a certain part of this experience of watching this show that's really unique and it's it's the dial because that's actually what as close to what was being said at the time than anything else um this was created by sally wainwright who'd done a lot of really cool shows um that were based in this area area of halifax in west yorkshire england um, more contemporary shows up until this point, and then she did this period piece. And just love the tone, love the energy of this show, the what they did with this period piece. Um, they played with a lot of different conventions that I'm excited to get into this with Eli. But the way we begin all of these shows, when we start a new show, we're talking about a new show with our friend, is we ask our friend, Eli, what did you think of Gentleman Jack? Steve, let me tell you, I love a show when I have no idea what to expect, really, and am uh, pleasantly surprised throughout the pilot. So my, my first impressions are very good. And though I had looked at the very brief description on HBO... I did not know any of the real story, historical context, setting, etc. And so I was uh, not only pleasantly surprised, but uh, very much intrigued and uh, interested as a fan of not only period stuff in general, but specifically, as I think many of us 
have been uh, interested in 19th century, especially British, <laughs> but 19th century European uh, feudal and uh, other interesting aspects. So for me, this was uh, a surprise in some ways. And then also just like, a, oh, I've been here before. Familiar land, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, lots of surprises in this pilot episode, especially the way that they're telling the story of this woman struggling to be in her own body, to be in, in her place in society and without the rights that she feels like she deserves at this time. But just from a more general point of view, if you're a fan of, let's say, really popular show, right? Downton Abbey. Indeed. You know, this show kind of begins about 70 years before that, you know, or 80 years before that. So it gives you sort of like just this earlier era, um, but with the same sort of bells and whistles and even some of the same actors that were in the mix. Right. And the same system of organization, uh, right, as far as societal and caste or class, whatever they considered it at the time. And they are even talking uh, in this pilot about these like hints of change, yeah. which we see actually implemented in Downton Abbey at the highest level. This is now shaking the whole royal system. And uh, yeah, so it is, it is great uh, as a precursor almost to that, not directly in any way, but just uh, from a standpoint of historical context. And yeah, having enjoyed that whole series myself as well, as I believe you did, uh, it was, yeah, it was really cool to see. And I liked how um, it's clearly way, or I shouldn't say way, but uh, clearly more um, provincial uh, setting. And, you know, she is obviously cognizant of this, Anne. Uh, she's like kind of, oh, I've got to go back here. This shabby old estate, right? So um, the same titles and similar customs within the house and the landowner and rent, you know, that all those relationships, but very different look in the actual people and minutia and stuff. Very different look and feel. <laughs> Yeah, right. It, it was almost like with Downton Abbey, there was that upstairs, downstairs thing, and it, you really felt that, the levels, higher, lower. Yeah. And with Gentleman Jack, it's like everyone's, it's sort of on a one-level thing where the the servants and the footmen are sort of interacting in a much more like, um, ca I don't want to say casual, but in a much more forward way, right? He's, the footman's like busting into her room to say, you know, so-and-so is downstairs as he's putting on his jacket. It's like wearing multiple hats, right? He's totally. like doing some job and then someone comes and he's got to throw on the footman gear and run out and greet them and bring the bags. Yeah. And so they're just a little more of a um, down-to-earth and, and perhaps I think, I think my estimation of what they were trying to show was the more practical version of having a smaller house like that at that time sure yeah and if you think of even downton abbey how they keep the village and villagers in mind and i think there's great examples of 
that interplay, which is much of what Downton Abbey is about as well, right? It's both the upstairs-downstairs dynamic, but then this dynamic we start to see in this pilot a little, right? The landowner versus the renters, the lessees, mm-hmm. the townspeople, the farmers, who are the ones yeah, actually they- living in and, and maintaining the estate you're lording over, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I think, you know, it's interesting to talk about, especially initially, Downton Abbey, right? And drawing some parallels there. But real quick, Gentleman Jack begins to separate itself pretty significantly, both artistically and then even with the content. So for sure, relationship, yeah, and, and very much like this, even the notion that like there was so much connection between the landowner and the tenant and the interplay and the dialogue get that feeling in downton abbey that you know they would never talk to his lordship or there'd be no it would be improper right if to have like a meeting between the tenant and the lordship and here we have seemingly a much more sort of realistic coexistence between these two dynamics and then in the midst of all of this a power dynamic and or that the tenants the male tenants are receiving voting rights that she the landowner because she's female doesn't even have so there's she's sort of in this caught in this space of having status and not having status at the same time which i find fascinating absolutely yeah and just the whole way that lineage and wealth and you know in downtown abbey they often address like titles and uh, land ownership, everything, because it's so hard to keep that estate together in Downton Abbey. But here, what we see is a much more honest, you know, frank, down-to-earth, kind of -of salt-of-the-earth version of this, small town, more version of this, without royalty involved either without like any sort of lineage right so these are just landowners but it's still this strange strange circumstance where the inheritee whatever it was you know known as the heiress i guess can be female but yet she cannot vote she cannot hold a title by herself right unless she's married all these crazy things so um, fascinating. And I think for me, what was most revealing, uh, maybe not surprising, but revealing of like, wow, back then, this is really how it was. Um, because we are, you know, we're thinking this is a very honest account, right? So back then, what I find surprising is, um, yeah, the sort of stalemate position that we kind of open on with Ann Lister, right? Which is, she's like this, we, you know, we'll dive in, I'm sure, deeper, but she's this, you know, free spirit, you know, out of the norm, bucking the trend, always woman who's just off in the world. And the very open, she's known as just itinerant, basically. But she's Mm -hmm. the she owns the estate still. Like, she is the madam of, like, she still owns everything, right? Like, there's no doubt about yeah. that, even in her absence. So it's, yeah, it's a very fascinating dynamic that uh, you're dropped right into, and that's uh, 
in my mind only, I guess maybe what was more typical is for a woman not of Anne's specific uh, make and build and, uh, you know, strength, she would just get sort of pushed around, right, by men in her life. And I think, so Anne's, and of course, we'll find out more as the story unfolds, but Anne's an outlier in a lot of ways, and maybe one of them is that she doesn't need any man or title or ceremony to tell her what to do. She knows what she owns and what she doesn't. And she's probably smarter than anyone she's interacting with, right? Like that's the, what we get in the opening of this is this sense that um, who she is, but within this time. And what I thought was really interesting was just that this is actually accurate like that a woman was in many women were in this sort of a position of this like small time but still pretty like you know when she gets to talking about coal and stuff like potentially wealthy estate that she just owns and for various technicalities at the open is not that involved in right yeah, just fascinating it's cool. situation. Abs- absolutely, and it's it's real, right? So it's all based on real events, history. It's this woman, Ann Lister. This was her situation, and it is, I agree, really compelling that there's no internal strife or turmoil or debate of who runs this estate. You know, she has that older uncle who's like totally understanding that she it's hers. It was made very clear in the will. This is her estate. She's in charge of it. And I think what I find so fascinating about this particular story of Ann Lister, her series, is that there is, that is even very relatable today. I mean, she, this is a case of somebody who was born in the wrong body. And she even goes as far as to say in this pilot that she will never marry a man under no circumstances whatsoever. So you have somebody who... I would like us all to aspire to (laughs) know ourselves as well as Ann Lister knows herself and is so sure of her wants and who she and her identity and, and who she is. Yeah. And she is living in this world where she's just like, I will, I am going to love who I want to love. I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to marry who I want to marry. And that goes against all the laws, the laws of society, the laws of convention, the laws of everything Yeah, in her world. And I just talk about a rebel, you know, lead, like she is such a rebel at this time and also just doing what she has to do to be alive. She is not anybody else. She is Ann Lister and she was, you know, it sort of talked about a little, the woman who's like, uh, the friend of the family who's so enamored with her and speaks very highly of her. And it's just like, yeah. And I don't mind that, you know, God creates everyone their own way. And yeah, he created her, her specific way. And what I, uh, what I love about the character and how the pilot unfolds is you meet someone who has tremendous amount of conviction 
for who they are and what they're about. Yeah. And it only gets stronger throughout the pilot to the very last moment she states what she's going to do. And what's really, I think, next level powerful about this series is that is actually what she stated in her diary verbatim <laughs> in 1832. That's what she said. And so it's just so cool. And I, I want to get back to this thing you said earlier about how you found a lot of surprises and things surprising. There's something on my mind about her opening moment in the pilot when she actually speaks to the camera. <laughs> I love that about the way they use that device kind of subtly with just her and in a way that, you know, there's been other series, you know, where it it gets used and it's very monologue and very like breaks everything, the rhythm of everything. I found that they use that, those moments where she checks in with like the audience and breaks the fourth wall. And it's always a part of her like energy and action it just adds to the scene. I, I dug it. Any other surprises or any moments that, that stuck out to you in the storytelling? Yeah, well, outside of just the, you know, the story itself and some of the stuff we were talking about as far as the the time and setting and customs, um, I was, I guess, most surprised just by not necessarily like how likable she was, but how uh, open she was. And I guess, you know, you could tie that into what you were just talking about or simply that we like learn so much about her convictions that you were also alluding to and talking about. And, you know, she says she will be with someone, right? Like she says she'll right. never marry a man, but she also says she will be with someone who loves her, you know, like for the rest of her life. Like she wants that too. So her character and the like uniqueness strengths and everything about it is less surprising than how much humanity and openness um, and insight you're offered. And I guess that comes from the derivation of the show, right? Um, and that, and they do show her journal briefly, although it's weird. It sort of looks like some sort of coded writing or maybe it's just like the script so fast like you can't really no no it was it. you're right it actually was she wrote in her own shorthand, shorthand so that uh, no so that no one no one could read it or eavesdrop or whatever and that the creator of the show Sally Wainwright had to bring in historians and people to help translate it that was part of the journey of creating this show is actually deciphering her um journals wow and diaries yeah that's cool yeah yeah, so the um I feel like this is just uh likely, you know, from TV and movies and um we aren't often shown these, you know, different sides and edges and sort of many tentacles of someone so intimately in a you know, even an hour long television series but an episodic television series and there's uh there's an immediate connection to this character because it literally is real and so in my mind just identifiable um and whatever that is for anyone is probably you know different and individual and maybe she's in the wrong 
body or born in the wrong time or, you know, if you start to change stuff out, um, there are, yeah, you can see the, at least the, uh, you know, strangeness of how she acts to people, right? Just being so different in a different time, different body, et cetera. And I think we can all, to some degree, identify with that, right? Um, whether it's, you know, directly or otherwise, just feeling like if we had been in a slightly different time or body or vestige or voice or whatever it is, um, that we would be whatever it is that we imagine or want cooler, more famous, whatever, right? So it's surprisingly relatable and I think that's just because it's real right and it's so intimate um but to have that in a character who is so strong and so like uh swimming against the tide of the actual you know time and action um and I guess you know you pointed out that the um I'm forgetting their name but that couple who um love you know Anne, who are such big fans yeah i don't recall their name yeah um so they are you know they're a great device to help um show that like she's not just this like Anne. everyone's not in consternation towards her actions like they're people who love her and who are big fans and really like support her strength and individuality and those people are awesome. I mean, they, uh, yeah, they're just like, they love her. They're really supportive. And then uh, at the update, you know, on what she's doing, they're like, oh, she would do that. And oh, I love, you know, they're just so like, yeah, uh, they're so great. And, um, but yeah, that's, so I think it was surprising the, um, you know, we've talked about how important pilot episodes are and different things that you often see with the lead character in pilot episodes. And strangely, there's some parallels with Lilyhammer, but this is such a different story and such a different level of, um, in my mind, intimacy and emotion and feeling uh, in this pilot, right? From a mobster to yeah. Ann Lister. Um, and there are similarities and parallels, you know? She rules like a boss, I mean... Come on. She does not take no yeah. shit from nobody, right? Yeah. And it yeah, absolutely. And I think we're we're switching it up here on shows with friends for sure, but that you can definitely draw some interesting comparisons, especially when you're talking about pilots. I think one cool thing about the aspect of this being said at this time with these people is this notion that like Ann Lister was a mini celebrity, you know, of her town of Halifax and I think they did do a really good job of setting up the fact that whether people approved of how she was or behaved people talked about her all the time and she did have lots of friends right they referenced her staying with friends all over England and Paris and she has no shortage of places to go stay and people to see and like they right. you know she is a person of of the moment who could be you know anywhere and she's extremely popular and it absolutely sort of connects a bit yeah right so like what they, there is no celebrity culture at this time it's 
these people with land and titles and yeah, that's who people are talking about. Absolutely. And what I did find surprising that, uh, you know, kind of webs off of that, Steve, is that she, of course, it's actually shown, right? She is just coming back from this affair, right? This uh, mm. love affair, it seems, um, certainly for her. And everyone knows it, right? Yeah. And it's like, I guess... Uh, the surprise in that was that that would be like so well known and out that this like known wild lady and lesbian was like, you know, staying with this courted eligible woman. Uh, and everyone knows really what's going on ultimately behind the scenes. Yeah, especially within her family. It seems to be uh, like. Yeah just an accepted thing. I, I found an interesting juxtaposition in rewatching it this time when the maid or the house, the housemaid, the house lady right, and the French and her new French maid sort of candidly says to her, you know, well, you know, her lifestyle, you know what she's about. You used to be and her lady's maid. Exactly. And so the old lady's maid is kind of like scandalized by that. Like, well, you're just talking about this that all of a sudden, yeah, this notion of it being that far out there was dangerous, and she was really shook by that. So you have this sort of duality of the family just sort of rolling with it, and the one servant's sort of like all of a sudden bugging about it, and you're like wondering, okay, well, what's going to happen there? Is it going to get fragile, or the protection around her going to going to be in in jeopardy? Yeah, and that's uh, something that certainly harkens uh, some of the Downton Abbey dynamic right where you have um you know and we don't have to draw the parallels too much for the show but <clears throat> you have really the most traditional characters in downton abbey end up being like carson the butler right and uh it's funny yeah. because yeah the um the older ladies made but i guess that is of the time in a way they like she talks about position and you're a servant and she's trying to tell the new lady's maid who's pregnant. <laughs> uh, yeah, the right. French lady. And that maid. dynamic is still very real in that kitchen there, even though things seem looser. She's like, right, she's like, don't tell her you're pregnant because she'll just fire you. You're out. Right. And it seems to be disconnected to what we're learning about Ann Lister. Sure. And, you know, one would argue what would really happen if she found out. And Right, but it's, but the, yeah, it's the traditional line on it, right? It's like, oh no. Yeah. You would never tell exactly. your employer that. Even yeah. though, um, yeah, I guess the child is the the deceased groom's groom. Like, a, what is that? Do you know what that term is? Like, I didn't, that was a surprise. Yeah. Like, that's not a hus uh, to-be-wed person. Like, No, it was a servant. <laughs> right. It, um, that like a was porter, a traveling, like a traveling Exactly, porter, like kinda, a right? male. Yeah, and I think it actually speaks to, like, a male servant for a female traveler. So it's like to do the heavy lifting, to be protection, to be right. That it's she would have a ladies' maid, and then she'd also have a groom who was going to just make sure that everyone was safe and yeah, things were handled. So I guess if now we have bride and groom, and they had ladies' maid and groom, it would make sense that they were smashing, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they obviously yeah they hooked up. 
there's a baby on the way. So interesting. She's unmarried. Thing and she, yeah, uh, interesting, interesting storyline that's added to this upstairs downstairs dynamic, and she also just speaks French. So that also added to the lady, the older lady's maid was the only one in the house who spoke French right? and thus got this information and was sort of so floored by it and was even covering up that she said anything. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Um, so what I like about, so just to kind of separate gentleman Jack from things we've seen in the past that we're drawing parallels to, there's these relationships with the servants, with the, the upstairs, downstairs. There's also the, landowner tenant relationships and then what also sort of opens up here in this pilot is what i think we're going to continue seeing is the relationship between landowner and landowner Mm. right that we're going to start to see that kind of dynamic Mm -hmm. come into play in politics local politics of the time and it's just hinted at in this but it really comes through in that scene when she goes because she as you know is a free spirit she knows She's not long to stay in Halifax, at least for the majority of the pilot. She's got her eye on her next travel adventure, but she wants somebody mining the shop. So she goes and speaks with this guy, Samuel Washington, played by Joe Armstrong. And I was just curious about that scene when they kind of get into, she's sort of interview. I found this scene to be awesome. It was just, she's interviewing him and then he starts revealing, he starts talking about the coal trade and, yeah what he would do and he gets really fired up and then he's talking about these neighbors and what nefarious things they may or may not be doing right i was just curious your take i loved that scene in this pilot i was just curious about that what your take on that was. yeah it was cool and it was fun to see that scene and how it tied into um some of the other scenes in interplay and that guy i think was really um he sort of stood out as a star. Uh, and But yeah, that scene specifically was really great and her kind of like uh, feeling him out, right? And yeah. um, the building of that relationship. And he seemed very like up to the task and like ready, like, oh, he knows, he knows who she is. Like he's... He knows about their land. Like he's, he knows all the players. He knows everyone. In, like involved, right? And yeah. seemingly, uh, just yeah, because he's a real you know local guy. But he, um, in my mind, you know, kind of contrasts to the doctor, who is Ooh, like, yeah, good point. Really skeezy, like up in everyone's business creepy. in the wrong way. Really creepy. Yeah. And there's that amazing scene late in the episode where Anne catches wind of it, and she catches yeah. wind of uh, of the uncomfortability he's causing her new potential love interest, uh, and she has him sent out to and the wa- stables. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that. I love that scene. Another so Anne Lister's who eventually becomes her sort of love interest and inspiration for staying in Halifax is Ann Walker, who like similarly to Ann Lister is inherited a large estate. She's worth a lot of money. She's the heiress of her family's thing. Both of them are these two women 
or these heiresses of their estates who have no actual rights, they can't vote, but they have all these resources and all this responsibility. Yeah. And uh, you, there is all of this attention paid to the fragility of Ann Walker that she's depressed and right. this creepy doctor that you're mentioning is kind of pawing over her as he's taking her pulse and touching her inappropriately and super creepy. So yeah, so at the end, when he was all set to sit down for a glass and <laughs> be social Cozy with the family, up. upper, cl- upper class, it's like, no, you go go to the barn, check on the horse, you're a doctor, Yeah, you're low. I loved how she shot him down, like, that was great. And then used it too to connect with Ann Walker. Oh, totally, like, yeah. Just saying like, that guy's a creep, right? <laughs> He's a little weird. Absolutely. It's you and me. Yeah. 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 And she'd already um, started into him previously, you know, in his like bedside manner, right? Where she's yeah. like, I hope you don't talk oh, yeah. about my family to your other clients, right? Like, um, so his, you know, other patients. So his, uh, his character, we could see was already questionable. And then she starts to call it in question. And then that, last scene you know with him just puts him in his place and we can see you know that it's that it goes over well with miss walker i had tea with a miss walker when she was 19 uh (laughs) that's funny they're like they had tea once together a while back you know there's sort of this like mysterious connection they know of each other but they don't know each other um and so yeah we We get a glimpse of not only this fascinating dynamic we've touched on a lot, the female landowner with no, uh, no rights of her own as an unmarried woman. Um, and what we can see in the pilot is, uh, is a crash course between two very powerful women monetarily and otherwise. So that is definitely fun and exciting and I think it's uh, it goes without saying we knew that was coming from the beginning, mm-hmm. right? It's it's obviously set up by everything, including you know the imagery and title and uh, stuff for the show. But the way that um, they contrast their characters and standings within uh, the town and the town's people and reputation. To down to like the utter just like physical bruteness that they introduce and back home to, right? Driving the coach yeah. at a million miles yeah. an hour versus this completely fragile Miss Walker, right? Yeah, absolutely. Total opposites to where you know, Ann Lister, she's like up in the men's faces, yeah. right? When they confront her. And she's even, even, even not, even if she's just listening, she is just like really close <laughs> yeah. to to all the male characters and and being like I I am asserting my power here with you. Yeah. And, and being super and whereas, you know, you get this Anne shy, looking away, protected by other women, always like you know, buffers and levels and and uh yeah. in the way. So yeah, I thought um I I love too like this idea that you know in today's world everything is like well you can get a job remotely and you can work and be anywhere and be doing this and the other thing versus this time in history where it was 
really about what what are your prospects what and what what are the opportunities where she was just sort of like i'm going to travel like we'll let the estate run itself and i'm going to do whatever and then then all of a sudden this relationship this person in in ann walker really becomes a prospect she's like you know to that final moment of the pilot where she's like i may stay yeah maybe i'll stay i think i'm gonna stay and make her my wife like it's just this like she's gonna take her shot at living and i i find it super inspiring i find her just to be like it also has to do with the pace and the the closing song which is an original song they wrote for this mm. this pilot like is is really cool yeah um, i even found parts of the um casting and other aspects that you maybe wouldn't immediately think of to be really really good and while there's familiar faces right um we said Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, right? Of course, her sister. Um, yeah, Gemma Whalen, who, I mean, talk about a different character, right? A different turn for her. Oh my gosh. And I love her. I love her in this. Yeah. And I love that scene where she's talking about why it's good that the tenants are getting voting rights and yeah. it's, you know, there's progress. And 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 listeners like, what are you talking about? Like, how is that progress? Like, we're not voting. It's going in the wrong direction. And she's she's like, where'd you come up with that stupid idea? She's like, I thought of it myself. Like, it's like, <laughs> and and um, I love the juxtaposition between those two characters and this. Yeah. This, the sister that's sort of staying there. Right. Trying to be a part of this estate and yet has no control over anything that's, that's happening. Right. And still just giving her the, the company line, the party line. Right. Yeah. And, you know, with with all that, the actual, you know, actress who plays Ann Lister is, you know, she's just very, like, uh, familiar, right? Yeah. And yet she's, like, not necessarily who you think she is or you haven't necessarily seen her before, but she's she's just very, like, she, like, she looks the part, she acts the part, she's really like immediately strong uh, and seems like really in the character. And I felt like, I felt her calling like into, you know, my mind, people like Frances McDormand and just these amazing female actresses, actors um, of the last several decades. Um, and yet she's, None of them exactly, and she's you know very unique, yet so, as I said before, very like uh identifiable and even relatable in that she's like this amazing outlier and total story you could never <laughs> identify with, but so personal and personable and um yeah, and then I thought the casting with a lot of the characters, and especially a number of the leads, was really great. And it allowed you to really believe the story seamlessly without um, being like, oh, well, they threw in so-and-so or like they had to yeah. even, um, yeah, even the sister, like it's such a different character. It almost takes you a moment to like put her back as, you know, the ferocious 
Yara. <laughs> so it's, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Really great I down love, to the casting on the details. Yeah, I love that you called out the lead because she really deserves some extra special attention in, in our first our first episode here about this pilot. Um, um, Sarani Jones, and she, for me, I had a similar experience where I was just, I was like, I am captivated by this actress. I've never seen her before. When I first saw the pilot, I was like, I've never seen her before. And I am all in. She is unbelievably interesting to watch. Charismatic. She had everything. And I appreciate you saying, Frances McDormand, you know, she, you were kind of holding up America's best actresses when we're talking about hers. I think that's, that's dead on. And uh, I looked her up after I originally watched this to another show on BBC um, called Dr. Foster, which is like totally different vibe, different, you know, contemporary character. Yeah. Woman in a marriage scorned. Like I didn't actually watch it. I just watched the trailer of it because I wanted to see her in something else. And it's really remarkable. Her turn here as gentleman Jack and as Ann Lister and how she embodied this character at this time and what she was going through. So I just could, can't say enough about her. Can't say enough about the cast. I agree. The the Gemma Gemma Whalen as the sister is it's so different. Like what an incredible opportunity to do some a project that is just so in the opposite direction of what you were previously known for. And yeah, and then even the older of the the boys that work at the estate, right. He was a Downton Downton Abbey actor who was William in the first couple seasons of Downton Abbey. And then yeah. he, he even sort of changed his body a bit, right? He's a little heavier and a little different looking. So it took me a while to kind of realize like, oh, it's William. Right. You know, and yeah, and, uh, place, yeah, place and everyone. So yeah, everyone uh, I thought was so fantastic and says a lot about the overall production, the directing and the, the creator, Sally Wainwright. She used, it was sort of a hodgepodge of actors had, that had worked with her in her previous shows, actors that were on Downton or Game of Thrones, and then this lead who was kind of her own person that, you know, I'm sure everyone knows each other because it's, they're all from the same part of the world and they're in the same industry, but they really, uh, they brought together some incredible forces, put together a show that for us, me and you being American audience we're not super exposed to all these people and just in for this wonderful ride and i uh yeah i think we sort of covered everything that i was interested in talking about was there any any other parts or moments that we didn't talk about thomas the farmer boy was kind of a sweet character yeah that we'll return to mm -hmm. yeah and there were other moments that um you know that stuck out and overall, it was such a fun and, as we've said, really, like, personal, intimate ride. Um, they managed to really just kind of, I won't say toe the line, more like ride the wave, right, between... Yeah. Uh, either leaning into like super period-y piece, you know, like rah, too like overly theatrical, or it could have gotten, um, I think, even 
or just leaned maybe even more in one or another direction, but it firmly stayed really fun, really entertaining, and really personal. So it was, Steve, I may have mentioned this earlier, but you know, sometimes it's nice to peel back the curtain and let our listeners know that uh, we are people, right? And we have lives. And I was watching this with my girlfriend and she couldn't help but watch along. And um, there were moments where I laughed out loud and I love a show where I can laugh and yet am emotionally invested, right? So um, this was a show that hit notes for both of us and I got to laugh, and my girlfriend also, in addition to laughing and enjoying it, got to feel, as we say, emo at those heartstring-pulling uh-huh. moments because this show really did have uh, truly heartstring uh, strumming moments. Nothing too deep, but um, some really sweet moments and some really funny moments. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that... Uh, Really happy to uh, to watch the pilot and to be left with uh, a warm feeling, but like a real feeling. You know, it's a it's a show mm-hmm. that um, causes you to empathize, causes you to think, causes you to learn. Cause, you know, it's just very engaging. And uh, yeah, I was admittedly not sure what to expect. And, you know, our listeners may have noticed that we generally love (laughs) the shows so far we're bringing here. So I was like, ooh, could this be the one where I'm not sure? Um, But no, there was no moments. I wasn't sure. It was just a Oh, that's cool. I also wasn't sure. Yeah, Yeah. I I wasn't suggesting it. I was like, all right, maybe we're taking a chance here that it's not going to land. But because it's so unique, you know, I, I think... It's really unlike any other show I've ever, I've ever seen. Just providing elements of stuff you've seen, yeah, but really bringing uh, some incredible historical accuracy and and feeling like you said moments where you know you're laughed, you're amused, you're, you're riding the energy, and then it, it there are points where it really gets you in the in the heart and in the gut. Absolutely, I, I think about when you really learn what happened to her and Hazley, and that moment of. Or heartbreaking, and you actually to see that. I remember that as being kind of like, a, oh man, because you, you've, they've already established her as such a strong yeah. presence and character, and then to see, oh, that's so that's what she's, oh yeah, that's what she's just experienced and what she's trying to get over. Yeah, wow, and then yeah, and no wonder. And that scene and that moment, you know, all that makes her all the more relatable, um, and everything. You know, we, we've talked about today uh, that just really, really deepens and, uh, and humanizes the character so much. Uh, and I think we all have had heartbreak in one way or another. And it's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing that we're able to see that. And, um, and yet, you know, it's, it's not sad. It's not down. It's not dark. It's still fun. It's adventurous. It's fun. It's colorful. Yeah, and it, uh, it's yeah. It's a very fun ride. Yeah, and there's there's something too in that at this period of time in history, like their life expectancy wasn't particularly very long, and <laughs> people are getting sick. Her, 
you know, the land, the property manager right. is sick and going to die and her mom is having issues, is going to be sick. She referenced passing through that town. Is it as cholera or something? Like she's just like, I wasn't going to stay there long. So right. there is this moment of like, this is your one life and it's not going to be very long and you got to live it. Got to live and it. And that all builds to the final moment where she says, shall I endeavor to make Miss Walker my wife? I think I will. You know, like, and, and it is such an empowering and powerful sort of message moment at the end. Hooked me. She really, the lead actress really hooked me throughout. I was just like, wow. Yeah. So want to be with this character and this actress for a whole season. So, but the, all the other elements that we talked about and the rest of the cast and the script and the production itself really made this a home run for me. I'm psyched that you liked it. Absolutely. Yeah. As I said, uh, not ultimately surprised that I liked it so much, but surprised pleasantly by many of the aspects and story points and the actual authenticity uh, of the story. So really fun, really uh, exciting pilot because it's so much as we've just talked about and yet it's clearly just the first tiny chapter. So excited to keep watching with you, Steve. And that means... We are going to watch episodes two and three before we come back and talk about those on the next episode of Shows with Friends. So big thank you to all our listeners. Yes, thank you to everyone who's listening, watching along, recommending it to their friends. We really want this to become a community of friends that are watching shows together. So please, if you like this, go ahead and rate, review, follow, recommend to a friend, all those good things. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, friends. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts. And there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.